This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short routes. Boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is reception. Reception. The show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception. Perception of the show. All right, Matt. Uh, We were talking about rookies, or I guess incoming rookies, a lot. Um, and now that we've got the draft behind us, well, I tell you, this is my favorite time of the year. Uh, when you start talking about second year wide receivers, wide receivers that got done with their rookie campaign, um, and the findings uh, that you lay out here, um, on some of these profiles, man, really eye opening stuff. Um, and I think this is the, if anyone's out there wondering about reception perception, this is the time. Uh, that you need to go to the site and check it out. Because a big part of what Matt does is trying to sift through the BS. You know what I'm saying, Matt? Mm -hmm. And there is no more, there's just such a giant pile of BS when we're talking about rookie wide receivers. And you kind of sort of parse through all of that um, and and give us what the reality says uh, about the charting and all that kind of stuff, man. But, uh, but four receivers we're going to talk about today, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, Drake London, and Sky Moore. But Matt, this is my favorite time of the year, especially for, for this particular product reception perception. Yeah. I, I said it on, on Twitter as well. This is my favorite group to put out every single year um, for a lot of different reasons. Number one, I think this is really where some of the biggest like hits have come from in in like RP history, oh, right? Yeah. Like Allen Robinson's rookie year really showed us he was destined for that breakout second season. You know, Stefan Diggs rookie season was, I, I think, way better than than consensus, right? For it, for reception perception, you know, Tyler Lockett, like Ayuk flashed mm-hmm. as the second year receiver. And of course, like Lockett and Ayuk, like it took a little bit, but you know, like these are really where we, where we find, I think where, look, cause here's the deal, James, like as much as people love and based on, I mean, shout out to the, shout out to the new subscribers, based on the new subscribers, people really love rookie content uh, <laughs> for reception <laughs> they perception. They, they love the rookies and seeing the route charts and everything with, with the, with the collegiate data. But I think you learn infinitely more um, about players in their rookie years than you can learn in three years, four years, two years, whatever in college football. So, like, it's important. It's so important and so crucial, this this. The, what these guys were as rookies and putting out these second year profiles uh, for these guys in reception perception. I mean, and I think you mentioned the BS, like, there are still, and I think this is, what reception perception should challenge you most to do is like what priors do you need adjusted? Because there are people Mm. willing to die on the Hill for what they thought guys were as prospects based on what they looked like on the field in college uh, versus what they looked like in year one in the NFL. So, um, and I know there are other, like, there are other studies out there about, you know, like face planters in the rookie year and guys like, well, if they don't hit this statistical threshold, um, they won't be good players in the long term or the odds that they are good players in the long term, you know, really 
decreases and stuff like that. But again, this is where I think reception perception is valuable because it's like, what were they actually doing as individual players on the field? Michael Pittman's a great example. He fell below some of those like thresholds in his rookie season for production, or he didn't, you know, earn targets as a rookie and stuff like that. But when you look at his recession perception data from year one, it's like, no, there are still real good indicators that this guy can be a good player. And he went out and caught over 80 balls and, you know, over a thousand yards with damn Carson Wentz in his second year. So um, yeah, I think, I think these profiles are absolutely my favorite for all the reasons that you mentioned. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, like I said, it, it, the, the, the myth-making of some rookies um, too, right? It gets a little out of control, right? And then again, you talk about oh, the yeah. priors. It's like, you know, uh, oh, oh, well, this guy was a high prospect. And so, you know, if he doesn't do what I'm telling you, he's going to break out. And, you know, and, and again, the RP data, uh, sometimes it, it, it confirms those biases and other times it, it flies right in the face of it, right? I, I wanted to talk about these four guys, Dotson, Pickens, London, and more. Um, and, and Dotson and Pickens in particular, I think, um, they're real needle movers. You know what I'm saying? People have some real strong feelings uh, about Jahan Dotson's game. 12 games he played as a rookie, caught 35 balls out of 61 targets, just a 57% com- uh, uh, completion rate when throwing to Jahan Dotson. 523 yards, seven touchdowns. Now you look at the baseline numbers, Matt, not a lot to get excited about, but boy, I tell you what, uh, some of the numbers that you found, uh, they, they, they look pretty promising. Yeah. I think, um, he was a prospect that reception perception really liked, you know, I, I named him as the best zone beating receiver in the class last year, uh, mm-hmm. the, the 2022 class, he had the best hands in the class. I, I graded him really highly. And you know, when he, uh, <laughs> when he went in the first round ahead of Traylon Burks, he went in 16th overall, you know, and people definitely, people will forget that like that was a really controversial move theoretically at the time. People panned that pick. Um, It is kind of funny with uh, Jahan Dotson that like you think, Oh, the stats aren't that impressive, but people are all gassed up about Christian Watson who caught 41 passes for 611 yards and seven touchdowns (laughs) with Aaron Rodgers Uh as his quarterback uh, in correct, you know, in a, in a, and he didn't play, he didn't play the entire season either. And Jahan Dotson, Dotson, 35 catches, 523 yards and seven touchdowns in in not playing a full season either with, you know, Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz and the boys. So um, I, I think Dotson's rookie season on paper was really pr- impressive. But uh, yeah, his his reception perception is indeed awesome. And I think, you know, it, people still are sort of carrying on those priors of him not being like a good prospect or whatever. And like, I just don't think on on film, he ever showed really any of these weaknesses and yeah, his rookie season uh, data is really good. I mean, uh, especially from just a overall solid perspective, you know, 60th percentile success rate versus man 64th percentile success rate versus zone. Um, and he was running a lot of downfield routes, dude. Like you look at his route percentage chart, his mm-hmm. two routes that he ran below the NFL average were the flat and the slant 23% nine routes, 12.8% post routes, 6.6% corner routes. Like they really tried to get him going from a downfield receiver perspective. So some of those success rates, why they don't initially pop off is like, you know, very good or like great or anything. Like the fact he's running those downfield routes and by the way, he's running them extremely well is really impressive. Only one route did he go below the NFL average success rate. So he almost has like the full green route tree that that we love to see and share on social media and stuff. And I thought it was interesting too, you know, Dotson, I thought 
is a guy that might be best suited to be like a primary slot receiver. But he was really better outside than um, hmm. than I thought as a rookie. 78.9% success rate versus press. That's the 87th percentile. Yeah, so huge. he's just such a like, whether he ever becomes like a number one receiver, I, I don't know. Also don't really care because he plays with a true, true alpha and Terry McLaurin. Um, right. He's just a great starting receiver, I think, at this point. And I, I think his rookie season is going a little under the radar for how good he was. Um, you know, I said this on in the profile. I I kind of hinted at it on Twitter. Um, I, I went and looked at like a bunch of dynasty rankings uh, after doing some of these like second year profiles, and you know, he's in almost all of them. He's behind all three of Traylon Burks, Christian Watson, and George Pickens. And straight up, Dotson is a better. That's troubling because Dotson's a better football player than all three of those guys <laughs> right now. I know, like okay. Watson, I think, definitely has a higher theoretical ceiling. I still, right now, I reserve the right to change this. I still, right now, have Watson a little higher from a dynasty perspective. But, I mean, he's just better than those three dudes at playing the wide receiver position right now. Straight up. Straight up. Well, and again, we talk about this all the time. This particular show, Matt, really straddles that line between real real football and fantasy football. Uh, And then when you start talking about dynasty rankings, it's a little bit weird, right? Because like, yeah, a guy could be a better football player, but opportunity, you know what I mean? Like when you start talking about fantasy football, it's all about, okay, what's the opportunity uh, laid out in front of Jahan Dotson? And as you mentioned, Terry McLaurin uh, is the true alpha. Can I throw this out there to you? Let me ask you this, okay? Um, a lot of folks right now, I don't want to say a lot of folks, but I have seen a little bit of a groundswell that Dotson is the true one and Terry McLaurin is going to be the two in 2023. I couldn't disagree more. Um, but because I, I just feel like what Terry McLaurin does is he's a full field can operate anywhere and, and he's great everywhere. Um, so that would be my contention. But what do you think of folks who, again, online, just, you know, maybe they're just hot taking it, just a hot take it, uh, but maybe thinking that Dotson might supplant Terry McLaurin as the alpha receiver uh, in the Washington Commanders receiver room? Yeah, I'm going to say no. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> okay. I love Terry McLaurin's game. Um, you know, I fully maintain that Terry McLaurin as an individual player is an elite NFL receiver. Like, I do not care about his stats because he's played with some of the, you know, biggest jokes at the quarterback position and ODU's finest Taylor Heineke, Uh, but some, (laughs) some real, real dust at the quarterback position, you know, um, Carson Wentz notoriously can't really figure out how to, you know, run a real NFL offense or get the ball to like his consistent top targets. He was kind of scatterbrained and I look, I love Curtis Samuel, but he was like locking in on Curtis Samuel, you know, on the little short dump off stuff to start the season. Or, I mean, rifling the ball to our boy Deshaun Watson or uh, Jahan Dotson way down the field, right? In like tight coverage. That's another thing that's still crazy about Dotson's game is how good he is in contested situations. But, you know, who's also good in contested situations? Terry McLaurin. You know, who's also right. a better separator versus press man coverage? Um, as good as Dotson's numbers are, it's still Terry McLaurin. Yeah. I, I mean, I think McLaurin <laughs> is like, I, I do want to put like, real NFL receiver rankings on the site before the summer ends. Um, yeah. And I think McLaurin will probably be like a top, he like a fringe top 10 receiver in the NFL. And as good as I think Dotson is, he's definitely not there yet, but he could be one of the best, I think, number two receivers in the NFL uh, this season, Jahan Dotson. 
Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Reading some of your numbers here, right? Like you look at the, his percentile scores or success rate versus man, just a shade under 70% success rate versus man, 80% success rate uh, versus zone coverage. And again, percentile wise, 60th percentile versus man, 64th percentile versus zone. And I think if you were to just look at that raw, those raw numbers there and say, okay, well, that's not that impressive. Now I get it. Uh, you mentioned the fact that this man runs a lot of deep routes, which is true. Uh, when you combine the corner nine and post just almost nearly 45% of his routes, uh, were on the corner nine and post. That's, Nuts. that's outrageous. That is, that's <laughs> outrageous for his size. Like if you think about, um, what this man does. Right. So, uh, I love his catch rate is he's got meat hooks, uh, for, for hands, you know, the contested catch rate makes a lot of sense there. Um, but man, it just, they're going to have to figure out a different way. I think to utilize dots. And, and I'm, I'm curious because I love Terry McLaurin. And I think the reason I think he's so good uh, Matt is because man, this man dominates in the intermediate area of the field. And that to me, when you ask me the NFL game, that's if you win there in the intermediate area of the field, that's when you dominate. It's tough to win deep downfield because, you know, especially recently cover two is taking that away. And so many teams are running cover two now, but man, the intermediate area of the field that has always been, I don't care how far back you go. Um, but the NFL, you know, when you talk about the best wide receivers in the NFL, they always win in that intermediate area of the field. And I think that's where Terry McLaurin's pretty special. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, the, the intermediate routes, the digs, uh, the outs and stuff like that. I mean, Dotson is very good too, especially on routes that call you to, to break back to the quarterback. 86.7% success rate versus curls, 94.1% uh, on comeback routes. Crazy. That's crazy. Just bananas considering that crazy, those are crazy. routes he ran at a pretty high rate too. So, but yeah, look, you'll never hear me say a bad word about Terry McLaurin. The dude is an absolute stud. Uh, so I think the real take here is though, James, like, Oh man, Washington is set up. If if Jacoby Brissett can play, you know, quarterback at the level that he played just last year yeah. with the Cleveland Browns on an offense, which by the way has a worse number one in Amari Cooper than like Terry McLaurin is a, 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 every day of the week a better player uh, okay. than than Amari Cooper and twice on Sunday he's be, they got a better number one. You know, DPJ was the number two receiver in Cleveland last year. Um, Jahan Dotson is better than him. You know, they have Curtis Samuel who's still really good. Um, that wide receiver trio is quietly, I think, among some of the best and most talented in the league. If Jacoby Brissett can give them, you know, when last year when he was 12th in EPA per dropback, uh, when he started for the Cleveland Browns, or Sam Howell, the legend of Sam Howell actually becomes the reality of <laughs> Sam Howell. Okay. Like Washington we'll is see. set up to have a we'll really, see. really good offense, especially I, I do. I like Scott Turner's passing game designs i think it's interesting that he's the passing game like the, or he's working on the pass game whether he's a passing game coordinator or designer whatever in um, las vegas now with the raiders he's right. got good ideas the sequencing was always kind of problematic 
I do think you're, they're probably getting an offensive coordinator upgrade in Eric Bieniemy, and I'm interested to see how these guys all fit into that offense. But yeah, man, this receiver core is kind of set up to fly if they can just get like average, a slightly above average quarterback play. I liked what I saw from Sam Howell, and, and but but again, sometimes when we see these backup quarterbacks, uh, if if Sam Howell is a true backup, uh, what I'm saying is they play well in spurts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes their game gets a little bit exposed the longer they're out there. I don't know. We'll see what Sam Howell is. I, I thought he certainly showed some traits, though, uh, that are very interesting. And as you mentioned, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, if he wins the camp battle uh, from Sam Howell to kind of be that uh, the starter, then, you know, I, I think he is. Listen, if you go back and you listen to anything I've said about Jacoby Brissett, I, I've, I've said for a long time, I think he is wildly underrated, you know. Um, but that being said, Kevin Stefanski, I thought, did a really good job uh, game yeah. planning around Jacoby Brissett's limitations and what he does well. Uh, what he can do well is he can fire a good deep ball, man. Um, and, and I tell you what, when you got play action like they got in Cleveland, that's going to that's gonna help set you up pretty good. Uh, will they have that in Washington? Is that going to be part of Eric Bieniemy's game plan? I don't think so. Not, I mean, tell me when was the last time you saw good play action in Kansas City. You know what I mean? It just doesn't happen that often. Um, so I don't know. I'll, I'll be interested to see if that's something that uh, they work into that Washington offense, but you're right, man. You look at the pass catchers, Terry McLaurin, Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, a, a good pass catching tight end. Uh, this is again, as you mentioned, set up to be, you know, a pretty good situation. Antonio Gibson's a great pass catching runner. He's a converted wide receiver for God's sakes, you know? So <laughs> no, nah, I mean, they, they, they're set up, I think to, um, to throw this ball around. So we'll see. We'll see, man. So it's an interesting setup there in Washington. Can Jahan Dotson? I'll ask you, Matt. Can Dotson make that? You know that 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 we used to call it the third year leap, but now more and more often it's that second year leap. Can Dotson make that second year leap? I think so. You know, and some of the pushback you'll get to hyping up Jahan Dotson, you know, is like his yards per route run and, and targets per route run and stuff like that. Well, again, that stuff all takes in the quarterback variable. You know, like right. let me, receivers like don't just pull yards out of their ass. You know, they got to get them <laughs> some from somewhere. Right. Targets Correct. don't just Correct. fall out of the sky. Yeah, uh, right. they, they have to they have to get there somehow. They have to be um, delivered in some fashion. And usually uh, they're going to have to have a quarterback to do it. So really, it just comes down to quarterback play from like a statistical yeah. standpoint, because I think from an on field individual standpoint, like Dotson is just such a good route runner and such a good refined technician. Um, and this is the again, this is not a surprise. This is the player he was at Penn State. He showed that he could win downfield. He showed that he could um, you know, get separation versus man and zone coverage at the collegiate level. And he showed he could win off target passes playing with, you know, now Packers quarterback Sean Clifford, apparently taking hmm. over Aaron Rodgers locker room in Green Bay. What a what a twist. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, he he was always a really good player. And I I, I think, again, Maybe this profile catches people by surprise on the site. Maybe the route chart catches people by surprise or, or the way he played as a rookie. It doesn't catch me by surprise because this is who he was as a, as a collegiate player. So I think he's already taken that jump in terms of being okay. a very, very good starting number two receiver. Um, now, could he become like a 1B receiver to Terry McLaurin's 1A? You know, could he be the Devontae Smith to A.J. Brown? Could he be the T. Higgins to Jamar Chase? You know, and – 
I know it sounds crazy for me to put Terry McLaurin in that bucket, but that is really how highly I think of him as a player. Um, even maybe maybe one tier down from from the elite guys, I, I maybe, but I, yeah, I think he definitely has the talent to be that type of player. That's for sure. Um, all right, so that's uh, Washington's pass catchers, and again, I'll, I'll be fully transparent. I certainly was very surprised to see that much green <laughs> um, on his route tree. Man, uh, for sure, caught me by surprise. Um, I mean, I liked him decently as a prospect, and I know he made a lot of splash plays. You know, the seven touchdowns in just twelve games certainly would tell you that. Uh, but I wasn't sure how often he was consistently getting open. And boy, I tell you, man, lo- looking at that route tree and all that green on the table, uh, that certainly did catch me by surprise. 